How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Clubhouse Podcast. I believe this is episode number 14, and we have a very special guest again. Um, but before we begin, my name is Miguel Mendoza. And I'm Zach Pena. So again, like what Miguel said, we have a very, very special guest. She is in the fencing industry. She is a junior World Cup medalist, a senior satellite medalist, season 81 Rookie of the Year and the MVP. Season 81 overall women's champion, breaking the UE 11P championship. She is also a two-time SEA Games bronze medalist, the Lady Eagle of the Year, and most outstanding individual finalist in Ateneo. Everybody, please welcome Maxine Esteban. Hi, Maxine. Hi. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Miguel. Hi. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast we really appreciate that thank you so much for inviting me also yeah, yeah. so we have, we have we have another blue eagle in the podcast because we've we've had like a lot of like several uh Athenians also in the past episodes but i'm excited for this episode yeah so yeah. max so maxine how have you been during the quarantine what have you been up to uh so far so good man of course like everyone else i really want to go out of the house <laughs> yeah but Of course, for safety and the safety of everyone else, we have to stay our ho- in our own in our homes and avoid going out unless it's necessary. So yeah, I'm just relaxing and chilling. Nothing compared to being with your family, and it's really priceless because before the pandemic, parang I rarely get to spend time with my family. So I'm really enjoying my time for myself and bonding with my parents and my sisters. Definitely, yeah, I think. This quarantine made us realize also the importance of spending time alone. Because I think before all of us would like want to leave our house, hang out <laughs> with their friends, go out party. But then yeah, I think the quarantine, yeah, made me realize the importance of giving time for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So Maxine, how's the? We all know that from your credentials itself, you're really good in fencing. Yeah. yeah. So how's that been like, especially in the quarantine? Like, do you still train, or is everything online? Well, for the first few months of quarantine, uh, I didn't train at all, like for like eight months or more, because in you know, like the IATF hasn't allowed us to train, so the national team just trains through Zoom, and my coach then he left the country because he misses his family now, so he left and then. He just got back, around three weeks ago. So three weeks ago, I started training with him uh, every day. Yeah, and we do strength training, drills, footworks, and sometimes I invite the new mga ibang national team fencers to play with me. So like before, like you only started training again three weeks ago. Like the whole quarantine, you never got to train. No, just Zoom, but. It's totally different because yeah. you, you know fencing is like uh it's really important to have um sparring talaga with your partner because it's a physical sport so yeah it's really different and yeah yeah I think we can start off like what what made you get into fencing because I think fencing such a unique sport well considering you know the Philippine setting. Like usually when you talk about Philippine sports, usually like basketball, volleyball. So yeah, what what made you get into fencing or choose fencing in the first place? Mm, 
Well, at first, my parents made us try many different sports when we were young. So they were both athletes kasi and felt it was good for children or the youth to be engaged in a sport. So I tried so many sports like taekwondo, swimming, karate, gymnastics, ice skating. Oh, and okay. I, I really enjoyed figure skating. And uh, I used to compete also internationally as a figure skater. But sometime in 2011, when I was 11 years old, um, the ice skating rink in Mega Mall closed. So traveling, yeah, to, yeah, traveling to Mall of Asia was too far for us. And it was also during that time when my parents enrolled me in Xavier School, where there was a fencing club. And we trained every Saturday. So yeah, after trying out different sports, I really liked fencing because I found like the outfit to be super cool. And I also <laughs> it saw, is cool. Yeah, I also saw like the movie Parent Trap and found oh, yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I enrolled there for about a year, but nothing really happened. So in 2012, when I was invited to participate in a local competition, I was beaten like very, very bad, 15-0. And I cried that day. So I believe na that was the start of my competitive fencing career. When yeah. I was like, I told myself, I'm never going to lose again. <laughs> How do you overcome that? Like when you lost 15-0? I- I'm sure that's like, you know, very shocking also. So how did you overcome that? Like, did you train more? Did you spend more time in a certain aspect? What did you do? Yeah, I, I cried a lot at first because, syempre, nakahiya, like, I lost 15-0. But then, after that, every summer, I started leaving the country to train. And I would leave, like, my whole family and just go there. And, yeah, sobrang daming sacrifices just to be yeah. where I am right now. And, yeah, I believe na this loss parang really inspired me to train seriously. And, I also seek for professional coaching, so I switched uh, coaches and, you know, really took fencing seriously. Yeah, I, th- I think with what you said, it was really good. Like, for you to get to where you are now, it took you a lot of sacrifices. And for anyone listening uh, to this episode, like, if you want to get to like a certain position or a certain place in your life, I think hard work comes with many sacrifices, and that's. I think one of the key things uh, in life also. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also to add to what Miguel said, I'd say it's sort of like a, a blessing that you lost 15-0 in your first match because from there you saw that you needed to get better. Like possibly if you easily won that match, you wouldn't have you know pushed yourself even harder to train and get better at the sport. So I think also yeah. relating to it to other things, other, you know, industries. Like failure is like, it's inevitable. Like everyone has to experience it. And if, even if you do, like Maxine is a great example because she, I think that was an extreme loss, like 15-0. And yeah, from her experience, you can see that it's still really, really doable to bounce back. It's just like, you know, it, it just depends on your work ethics and how much you want to be better and improve yourself. Yeah. And, and, and it's true uh, to the saying that 
you can't compare yourself to others because you know if you're if you're gonna compare if for example you're a boxer and you compare yourself to Mayweather who's like what 51 and oh like it's not the same for everyone sometimes you have to go through failure sometimes you have to um like accept defeat in order for you to reach your full potential so that's very important i think that's a big lesson yes i agree (laughs) (laughs) yeah so where are you now in your fencing career like what are your future plans stuff like that uh well right now i'm training for the southeast asian games qualifiers that's happening on july 3 so we're flying to armok in leyte so okay yeah so there's three qualifying qualifiers and we have to be top four to qualify in the southeast asian games so i'm concentrating on that right now because i it's a very important competition for me and yeah as for the in the long-term goal naman i still want to continue my quest for the qualification in the olympics but you know i can only do as much i'm not a superhero but all i can promise is i will try my best to qualify yeah, yeah. I, think, and, I think the SEA Games is like a really, really, you know, big tournament, big achievement. And I'm pretty sure it's also tough to qualify for that. So what what does it take to, you know, because there are people, I'm pretty sure, who play sports, like, you know, local tournaments. But what, what's, what would you say separates like the mindset and the training from winning a, winning a local championship to winning in the SEA Games? Well, for me, I don't really have a specific goal in my mind. Like, I just train every day knowing that I did my best in training. Like, I don't train for this specific competition. I train every single day the same. Like, I'm really focused every single day. And that passion in my heart is really strong. Because, yeah, I have a dream. I want to go to the Olympics. But I know that I'm far from it, pa. So every single day is important Now you're focused on every single training, not just parang you're training today hard for this specific competition. And then after that day, parang, uh, after that competition, like you're going to get lazy na. Pero yeah, parang you have to work every single day. Like there's a competition the next day. Kahit wala. Yeah. And I, I, like you mentioned that you're far from getting to the Olympics, but I want to let you know and like the clubhouse uh, followers to know that anything is possible, that, you know, you can achieve whatever you want, whatever is in your head, you can achieve it. You just have to work really hard, like what you said. But I want to ask you, like, um, since you're preparing for the SEA Games and in the future, the Olympics, would you like to share like a secret recipe and like how to achieve better? Like how to get to a certain, like for example, you're going to the SEA Games. Yeah. Is there like a secret that you have um, that not a lot, a lot of people, that you think not a lot of people do? That's very important. Well, I try to excel in everything I do. So I, I guess one thing I can say is we should always put everything up to God. Because yeah. during this pandemic, I realized that I have always been blessed. Parang before this pandemic, because... I was so busy with every single thing that I was doing, like training and then school. And I was so preoccupied with everything. But then during this pandemic, like it made me realize that God can put everything into a halt. And yeah. 
yes, people would say that I was born like into like a privileged family, but I think the greatest blessing I possess is that many times in my life, God revealed himself to me. And I never really understood when I say like to God be the glory or when I say we are doing this for the glory of God after a competition. But um, I excelled in my academics and I do well in my chosen sports. I, I always thought that I ex- exemplified Christ by using his talents that he has given to me by not wasting my blessings. But I realized then uh, doing things for his glory is not seen in our successes, but it is more revealed in our failures. Like it is yeah. when we are humbled, when we accept failure, that we exemplify Christ in our lives and that we are doing things in his glory. So I guess like one thing that I can say to everyone that's watching is don't forget Christ if you're up there na or like you're still on your journey up there because he will always find a way to um, make you realize and I hope na it's not going to be too late because for me I feel like it's too late now I realize that eh. like uh, before the pandemic, parang I plateaued like my fencing career, and I always felt like I was a failure because after winning the UAP championship, parang everything just plateaued, and na feel ko na like at first I was blaming God. I was like, oh, why are you doing this to me, diba? Like every single yeah. loss, I was blaming him. But then na realize ko na, oh ano, parang before before plateauing like I was always praying I was always in in church like every single uh week weekend but then I was so busy now so parang I forgot about him yeah, yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad you said it because um our past guest didn't mention anything related to Christ so I- I'm glad you mentioned that because especially during the quarantine like we see like during the weekends we don't even get to go to um the chapel anymore and pray to God. And I, I'm sure like a lot of people during the quarantine, they forget to pray before sleeping, um, before and after meals. So that's very, I think also very important that you should always thank God, be grateful for, you know, what you have and continue praying to achieve uh, what you, whatever you want to achieve, right? Yeah, I, I guess like more than anything else, I learned like, especially during this pandemic is to entrust everything to him and, you know, be grateful for everything that we have been given. And to reflect lage on his goodness, his grace, and his generosity in our lives. So yeah, I, I never really knew how blessed I was until I failed. And through these failures, I learned that even in our mistakes and failures, that we are blessed. Yeah, and to those that are less privileged, you just have to keep praying and you have to keep working hard. So you can, and you know, you should always um, be Christ-centered. So you can achieve what you want also. Because one day, like I'm telling you, you'll be able to achieve whatever you want. Um, just leave it up to God. He has a plan for you. Don't worry about it. So going back to what you were saying, like, you know, working hard every single day. I think that is honestly like a secret recipe. You know, everyone, because I think, well, in terms of working out, like Miguel and I, you know, we love to work out. And we, we realize that, you know, in order to get like a good physique, stay healthy, you have to be consistent. Like some people, you know, work out for a few days, a few weeks, and then they say, okay, I'll give myself some rest. But if you actually want to, you know, achieve, you have to stay consistent and work out every single day. And yeah, that also relates to fencing and other things. 
So what, what helps you stay consistent and motivated? Because I think that's something that, you know, not a lot of people get to do because they sometimes, you know, get sidetracked or, yeah, lose motivation. Yeah. I guess my parents have been supportive from the start. So I, nothing really particular inspires me. But I guess it's the people who say I cannot do it, like the people who try to pull me down. And those who say that I achieved the status in my chosen sport only because I have the money to train internationally. But yeah, I guess it's not the sport per se that has encouraged me to continue improving. It's the combination of all the failures and disappointments and competitions, wrong life decisions and, you know, controversies and politics in the fencing community that encouraged me to train harder and to prove my worth every single day. Yeah, so like with what you said like in terms of consistency like do you also experience like burnouts because if you're like training all the time and you're working very hard especially if you're an athlete i'm sure athletes also experience burnouts so how do you deal with burnouts i i rarely um experience burnouts because i don't really i i, I don't know like i don't give myself rest like every single day i want to wow. chase my dream <laughs> That's, but then okay. i guess like something that really broke me down it was when I faced an injury like in my right arm so during that time parang every day I would cry because like the doctors told me na parang medyo impossible na to continue fencing so yeah I guess that was the major breakdown for me when I I thought na like I can't fence anymore yeah honestly like injuries are like the worst nightmare for athletes I think like yeah. it, like the mental like the mental stuff that go around in your head is like crazy if you get an injury because you're not sure if you're gonna be able to play again or you know like it might be the end of your career. So how like when when that happened to you, like what was in your head when you're experiencing that and when the doctor told you, like you might not be able to fence anymore. And that means it's the end of your dreams, the end of your career. So what what was your thought process there? Oh, uh, well, when I. When they told me about it, since, you know, I'm, I'm really not a quitter. So uh, what I did was I thought to myself, now if I cannot use my right hand, then I still have my left hand. So why not try to like restart everything that I learned, okay. but with my non-dominant arm? So yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I think throughout like every single episode, I think you're the most like driven guests that we've had here so far like i don't know like you just really it's actually honestly really really good that yeah you're the you really have a goal in mind and a dream in mind and like there's really nothing that can you know stop you from achieving it yeah Yeah, i I actually joined competitions like with my left with my left hand that time (laughs) how how was that like well i i got fifth place i think but then i lost to the same girl that i lost to like a few years back the one i was talking about 15-0 but yeah. i lost to her 15-1 but then well yeah. because you had the left yeah. hand like it wasn't yeah. your dominant yeah. yeah so that's okay but you're that, that was very like inspiring like a lot of people if they get an injury the doctor says it's the end of your career you, people will actually stop but then your story is very inspiring like you'll actually use your non-dominant hand and train with that like I, I can't imagine, like, for example, if a basketball player, like, yeah. like had an injury, 
and then they'll have to shoot with their left. Like that's so challenging. <laughs> like, like the fact that you you you're willing to you know still chase your dreams even if you have to start again from the bottom. Like you're already going up, right? But then because of what happened, the injury, you're gonna go back down and start from scratch and then go back up and then do everything again. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's pretty clear that your fencing career. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you you have a really really bright future with your fencing career, and you're honestly very passionate about it and driven. And I think that's what sets apart, you know, the 99% from the 1% of people who actually make it. But besides fencing, like, what else do you do? Like, do you like you want to? You said a while ago you want to pursue, you know, fencing full time. But then, is there are there any other you know things you wanna pursue, or maybe you know things that you do in your time off, or do you not take any <laughs> breaks or something? <laughs> well, I I'm a violinist, so one of my dreams is I want to be able to have my own solo violin concert. So that's one thing, and then the other one is I really want to get back to live streaming because. Uh, like honestly the crowd is very supportive like even when I stopped streaming they were really supportive with my current endeavors so yeah I guess those are the two, th- two things I want to do yeah the, the live streaming that's gaming right yeah yeah I, I want I want to I want to watch and my, shout out to my brother he's a he loves gaming also so I thought of to watch if he's starting it <laughs> Okay, <laughs> thank you. I, I'm boring though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like I also saw uh, throughout the quarantine that you know it was in Facebook. I think it was also in Instagram that you were taking courses online. And yeah, like I think journalists wrote about you and everything. So what made you decide to take courses? Like uh, uh, extra I, courses. Yeah, I was. I was. I had a lot of time during quarantine. So one day my cousin just showed us like this, like he was taking the course as well. So we tried, me and my sister tried it. Like we tried one course Muna. And then we found it really interesting because like there's like it looks it was super legit. Like there was like a certificate yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and you really learn a lot. So from one course, Nagihing Sarbundaming course is now like nine. And yeah, yeah I guess we we also did it because uh, we were trying to make our own our own online business. So, mm-hmm. yeah, thankfully we were able to do it successfully. It's called Everyday Solution. So I'm shout out, shout out, <laughs> follow. <laughs> yeah, it's like an online hardware store. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you remember? What courses you took? Because uh, like during the quarantine, I was actually supposed to take some courses also from Coursera and other you know online sites. But do you remember what courses you took? I'm not sure like the specific course, but then it's all about like uh, leadership, communication, and like business and marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you don't plan to um, do business also in the future. Like, are you more focused on the um, like athlete side compared to business? Uh no, like after I tried to qualify for the Paris 2024, I plan to stop fencing if I don't qualify because yeah, like my mom always tells me that sports is not your whole life. 
So after I try, I'm gonna concentrate on doing my own business. Yeah. So 2024, we'll watch out for that. And everyone in the clubhouse will support, I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in your fencing career and for like other athletes to know, how do you balance your time? Like, let's say pre-pandemic. Like, how did you balance your time um, training since you're super focused on that with school? Because you mentioned also you're also... Um, You also like portray excellence in academics. So, how do you balance training and school? Being a student athlete is really hard. Being an ME, the ME program is also a lot harder, but mm-hmm. it's not impossible. So, um, for me, really maintaining the adequate retention grade to stay in the ME program of Ateneo, I've always regarded myself as a student first, then an athlete. So yeah. I'm really. Yeah, and then, yeah, it always comes first. And I always do everything in advance. So let's say the deadline is next week, pa, I do it today. Para I don't procrastinate and I don't cram. Para I don't have to worry during training about anything related to academics. And I'm really focused every single training. Yeah, do you have like a schedule? Like, do you make your own routine or you just like fix oh. it and everything? Well, I'm very... Like I'm very OC, so I I try to have a planner, but then yeah. every time I make a mistake in that planner, I always like end up not using it anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, sobrang tagal na like magiging walang planner, and then like I like my schedule's like messed up, and then like I'm gonna buy another planner and then try to be organized <laughs> again. Yeah. Oh, you buy a completely new planner. Yeah, because I, I don't know, like, I really don't like it when I make mistakes. Like, it makes yeah. me annoyed. <laughs> no, but I think I think um, mistakes are, you know, also part of life. Like, to, to, this is to everyone listening. Like, you're going to be able to, you're going to make mistakes along the way. Like, especially if you're trying to reach a goal, like a big goal, you're going to make more mistakes than successes. And But then, you know, at, at the end, you'll still reach success. You'll just make more mistakes and, you know, Um, have failures, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what does a what does a day in the life of Maxine Esteban look like? Because I think it's pretty, like, it's pretty interesting to you know know about. Considering that, like, like what you said, like you're not a quitter and you like working hard in every single aspect that you do in your life, whether it's fencing, academics business yeah uh well pre-pandemic pre-pandemic ba? uh you can do pre-pandemic and yeah like why not like during like, during the pandemic okay yeah i don't do much in pandemic so <laughs> pre-pandemic <laughs> yeah. i usually wake up at six because my first class is at eight and okay. i'm usually done at around 12 no 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 like three like three to four And then after I go immediately to my house to eat and then to change the rent to get ready for my training at six. And then I I train for like three hours and then I get home at around 10 and then I have to shower pa and eat dinner. So I finish at around 11. That's when I start studying. And then I sleep at around, I don't know, 3 a.m. And then I do the same thing all over again. <laughs> Wow. And usually every oh, no, no. single week 
every single weekend I have to like fly abroad for my training and my competitions. So I have to I had to swing myself between long haul flights and then makeup tests, classes, projects, training. It was like almost unbelievable. Yeah. Did so you say, I did yeah. you say every week? Yeah, almost every week. So I take the midnight flight and arrive oh, in the country wow. early morning and then wow. compete and then fly back home and go straight to school and then take long tests and then go back to the airport. Yeah. Wow. Like just on and on. Yeah, wow. I'm glad you're still, you know, doing your like you're still achieving a lot, even if your schedule is like very tight and everything. Like you're still doing well in school, you're still reaching your goals outside of school. That's very inspiring. And did you also mention that you sleep at 3 a.m. and then you wake up at 6 a.m.? Yeah, because like I have to study a lot and then my class is at six. I mean at eight. Yeah, but and you're, would you you're say that, would you also. say that the three hours of sleep is enough? Like, do you take naps or you just uh, three yeah, hours? Sometimes, sometimes I sleep in the library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you mentioned you're in ME. So how's the life in ME like? Because from what I know, like people in ME, like by junior or senior year, they probably already shifted because it's very hard. Like it's a very challenging course. Yeah, uh, well, ME is a very dynamic course, so it, like, teaches you a lot of things. So, like, to statistics, to English, to management, to everything else. Like, you know what they say, we're the jack of all trades, but the master. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Aside from attaining a retention grade, so we can't get, uh, like, two Ds, and then we can't get, Fs or else we're out of ME and then we can't also file a leave of absence so yeah it's been really hard since Ateneo only allows nine absences right? so yeah I had to save my nine absences to make sure that I don't reach the limit when I when I um, compete every weekend because usually I get home at Monday night pa. so usually I'm absent every Monday so yeah yeah and it was hard, ba, because last year games, parang everyone in the team took filed a leave of absence, like even from work, and I was the only one who couldn't file leave of absence because, you know, like I don't want to be kicked out, kicked out of ME. So, yeah, it was really hard because everyone went to Korea to train, and I was just here. Yeah, and you know, there's so much pressure since you know, we hosted the Sea Games last year. And we were also medalists last last SEA Games. So, yeah, there was way more pressure this year, uh, last year. Yeah, and if, if, if the viewers don't know, ME is one of the best, if not the best, um, business course to take up in Ateneo. And it's also really, really, really challenging. It's a challenging course. So for someone who's like an athlete and, you know, who still wants to do well in school, would you recommend them to go to ME or would you rather tell them to go to like management or, you know, like the courses that are not as heavy? Mm, well, yes, I guess, because I've always prioritized academics. So I'm always a student first before an athlete. So yes, you, I would recommend going to ME because you know, like what you said, Kanina, it's one of the best courses in Ateneo. And once you graduate, I heard now like a lot of, companies 
get you now. So yeah. do you yeah. do you plan to take another year or like go go masters or do you just want to uh, work right away? Yeah, uh, well right now I'm also enrolled in University of Pennsylvania. So I'm going there after I graduate in Ateneo and then for masters I, or no, my second undergraduate degree. Wow. Yeah, so I'm graduating six months after I graduate Ateneo with a degree of BS leadership and communications. And then after that, I'm I want to take masters. I don't know. I don't know yet where, but then I kind of want to go to Princeton. So yeah. Wait. So you're taking two like two. You're doing two schools at once. Or... Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so you pan like Wharton, like yeah, one of the best business schools, like top yeah. two now. My dream school. Same. Oh. Masters. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but we won't abort because you're just a freshman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then, wow, you're taking so you're taking two. You're in two schools right now in college, and then you're traveling every weekend, and then you're me. You know, me, and, and then UPenn. Yeah, and then you're you're also like training all the time. Wow, <laughs> wow, that's like. <laughs> Like, like not everyone gets to do that. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like, where where do you think, or like, yeah, no, where where do you get your your Drive. work ethic? My work ethic. Well, I don't know. Like what I said, Kanina. Like, I I hate it when people say that I can't do it. So that really drives me to push even harder, and ins- like inspire me more to keep going. Like once I hear someone say something bad about me, like I really want to prove my worth and prove to them that. I'm so much more than what they're saying. Yeah. But would you recommend to listen to those people, or would you rather like block them out? Well, honestly, before it really affected me. Like, it really took a toll on my mental health. Like, I was always overthinking about it, like everything that they're saying. But right now, like ever since the pandemic started, parang I started not to care now. Like, I literally just. Deleted them from my life. Like, I was like, I I don't I choose not to even hear what they're saying. Like, I don't want I don't want to hear you. Yeah. So, like, I don't want to listen to you guys. So, yeah, because it's really bad that if you if you, parang overthink a lot. Because, champre like what what they're gonna think. Sometimes you're gonna think it's true also. Like what they say about you, but it's not. Like it's you're not what they're what they're talking like yeah. you're not what they're saying yeah yeah and I'm sure like those people who are saying that probably have something like maybe they're jealous maybe they're you know all of the, like they they're feeling all of these things that's why they're saying that but you know I think it's best to block them out and prove to yourself right don't prove to them prove to yourself right yeah and no one knows like you. Or like yourself more than you, or right. your family. So, like I'm sure that my family loves me so much. So yeah. I should only listen to them. Yeah, like their opinions matter to me, and not these people who don't know me. Yeah, I'm just curious to know, like besides getting into or like qualifying for the Olympics for fencing, 
like outside of fencing, do you also have like a set goal, set dream in mind that you want to achieve? Mm. Like outside mm. um like uh, sports. Yeah, yun. I want to have my own solo violin concert. <laughs> yeah, because it's been my dream to have one ever since like before college pa. But then I couldn't do it because I I focused on fencing. So I had to stop like taking lessons on practicing the violin. Like I just take it, I just practice by myself na lang now. Not with yeah. a teacher anymore. So yeah. So since that's one of your dreams, and I'm sure you gave a lot of thought to that, like, can you tell us like how you imagine your concert to be? Like where, what, maybe when? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like I, I, I guess I'm not gonna fill a whole arena. So, not not any arena. I don't know. Like probably a small like stadium. I don't know. Like a small place long. And then I want na. Like all the profit that I get from it, like my first solo violin concert, I want to donate it to like a beneficiary. I don't know. I don't know what. Pa. I didn't. I didn't think of it. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this podcast got so much value from you. Mainly, I'm pretty sure from your work ethic and how you also balance your time, and of course, you know, putting God first before anything else. So. Thank you very much. Um, with that being said, what's one advice that you would like to give to someone who's, I guess not, I guess not like who wants to be in the fencing industry, but I think what we got from this episode for someone who you know wants to fulfill or like achieve their goals. Yeah. Well, my parents gave me like an important value which I really try to live by so they said that if you do something make sure that you do it well so we all have you know priorities in life like academic sports extracurricular activities business or like musical instrument but while putting academics first we should always strive to be excellent in everything that we do so i discovered later on uh, as i become like more mature as a student athlete that Um, excellence does not equate to being number one or being the best. Excellence is reaching out for your best. So sometimes I feel that I failed because I lost this competition or like I failed to inspire other girls to follow my footsteps because, you know, I have shortcomings and imperfections. So I guess if you ask me now, like I would want to tell them na make use of your time and your talents and appreciate all the blessings that you have um embrace like all the failures um all the disappointments and continue to strive in spite all the challenges that you face in life so yeah you know like i try to live by the athenian philosophy of madras every yeah. day giving more <laughs> and more. being more for others and for christ Yeah. yeah, that's really good advice. I'm sure a lot of people learned a lot in this episode, especially the followers of Clubhouse. Like, There's so much insights that we gain, not only about fencing, about the SEA Games or Olympics, but also about life in general. So yeah, this episode is really good. Thank you so much for being here. Like, We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, if if you want, you can shout out like you know where people can find you. I guess also your business. Yeah. 
Like, what's the what's okay. your IG? Oh <laughs> uh, well, you can find me on Instagram at the Max Factor. My mom helped me with that username before, <laughs> and um, yeah, you can follow my my gaming page. It's called Max Gaming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Again, to everyone listening, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it to your friends, to your family. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And every Saturday, we have an episode up on Spotify. So don't forget about that. And we'll continue to inspire you. Um, that's what Zach and I hope to, aim to do. Um, yeah, so this is The Clubhouse. Again, my name is Miguel Mendoza. And I'm Zach Pena. See you next Saturday for another special episode. Another special 